is a lover of my soul. Take your Bibles with me this morning and turn to John chapter number 12. John chapter number 12. We've got, I'm telling you, I'm ready to preach this morning. I told him I was going to go first and let him go second. Amen? Uh, this is this is something we need to get this morning. Uh, Kenzie, bring me my Bible right there on that front row. Thank you. I may need that today. Amen. John chapter number 12. You know, last week, last week we talked about a subject that was, that was, Everybody needed it. Amen. We all face it. We all deal with it. Well, this is this is another uh, message like that. This is another one like that. Uh, we are we are really trying to focus on on the family, if you will, trying to uh, 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 gear toward that going into Father's Day in the Courageous series. And 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 in the beginning, you'll see what we're trying to do. But uh, it, it really will come out bigger than just the family. This is going to impact a lot of areas and a lot of people in a lot of ways. Amen? So let's look in John chapter number 12, and we're going to, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. All right. John 12 in verse number 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. So here we have Jesus and, 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 and the family there and, and different ones around him, uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus here. And the Bible says there made him a supper, and Martha served. She's doing her thing. I mean, that's just that's what she does. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should do what? Betray him. Look what he says. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Then he said, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the bag. He was basically the treasurer for the twelve disciples. And he bare that that was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Again, against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Let's go back to verse number 5. Look in verse number 5 again with me. Verse number 5. Judas is speaking. He sees this situation. He sees this act of worship. He sees this act of adoration and preparation, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. And this is what he says. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Father, thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Thank you for your blessings and your mercy. God, I, I'm the least of anybody in this building who deserves to stand up on this platform and be able to share truth with everybody. And I know that, and I recognize that. God, more than anything, I recognize how right now I need your presence. I need your anointing. God, I need your touch right now. And I pray that you'll, you'll help me say everything I'm supposed to say. Lord, don't let me, don't let me say anything I'm not. Don't let, me, don't let me get carnal. Lord, don't let me get in the flesh. Don't let, me, uh, ha, don't let me insert my opinion in this message. Lord, help me to stay focused on your word and what it has for us today. And God will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
You may be seated. If you are a first-time attender here with us this morning, uh, we want to go ahead and take up that prayer card. If you fill out that prayer card, could you hold it up real high? I think we've got some there in the back, all the way in the back. Church, let's give them a hand for being here. Aren't you glad they're with us this morning? Amen. Amen. We have a, we have a, a, a situation where Jesus is fellowshipping uh, with his disciples. He's fellowshipping with his family. And, 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 and somebody comes and does a, a wonderful thing for Jesus, does a wonderful act toward him uh, that we'll go into more detail in a minute. But, but somebody had something to say. Somebody had something to say. Have you noticed no matter what anybody does, somebody's going to have something to say? Now, in this statement, he says, he says, now why was this waste made? Uh, why didn't they take this and give it to the poor? And I want to preach this morning on the subject. I want to preach this morning on the subject. Is it criticism or concern? Was he really concerned for the poor? Was he really concerned about being a good steward? Was he really concerned about the misfortunate? Or did he just want to criticize? Are y'all with me? How many of y'all know criticism is an epidemic in the church? Criticism. Now, let me tell you something. It's very, it's very difficult to study all week and, and, to, and to think about and prepare for and to get ready a message on criticism and then go to a ball game on Friday night. I need a witness. I'm telling you, I didn't realize how much we do criticize. I went to this ball game. I went to this ball game. McKenzie was playing, and we were sitting on the bench. And, 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 you know, everybody on the field has somebody cheering for them except the referee. Have y'all noticed that? I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're going to criticize. We'll criticize the coaches. We'll criticize the referee. I mean, you know, it's amazing how well we know what's going on 50 feet away from the real action. Are y'all with me? I mean, we can see whether it was a ball or a strike or not better 100 feet away than the man two feet away. Are y'all with me? Now, y'all going to have to get with me today. It's going to get worse than this. Amen. We, we, just, we just criticize. Coaches, why? Tell that girl, don't quit throwing that ball. You're going to throw that ball away. What's wrong with these coaches? Amen. And then God sat down beside me and said, what are you preaching on Sunday? And then it dawned on me, I remembered the year that I coached. Did y'all notice that? I coached, I coached one year in a row, amen? <laughs> My first and last one. Because I love the kids, but I wanted to kill the parents. Are y'all with me? Criticism. You say, why, why is it? I thought you was preaching on the family. L let, me, let me read you something that was really... Boy, it just stood out to me and convicted me. In his book, The Youth Builder, Jim Burns talks about the importance of building up young people with affirmation and trust. What he says about criticism applies to every age group. Now listen to this. For every critical comment we receive, it takes nine affirming comments to even out the negative effect in our life. Did y'all catch that? For every one critical statement that we make, it takes nine positive comments to even just one out. What does that mean? When you, when you open up a bank account, 
what has to take place first before you can write a check? That's kind of important, isn't it? You cannot, well, you can, but you're going to jail, amen? You cannot make a, say it with me, you cannot make a, without making a, how many of y'all parents, how many of y'all parents wonder why your kid will receive a critical word easier from someone else than they will you sometimes? You know why? Because that someone else may have, most of the time they're around them, always say something positive, always say something uplifting. But when it's necessary, they may say something negative. But what do most parents with their kids, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, the only time our kids hear from us is when they did something wrong. So, so the only time they see us is when we're the disciplinarian or when we're the one that correcting. Even if what we say is right, if it's critical, you've got to say nine positive things to counteract that one negative thing. Are y'all with me? Criticism. Criticism. Critical spirit, a critical word. Something that is said, man, I, I was studying this stuff. I was studying this stuff, and I was going over it and over it and over it. And, man, God started opening my eyes to see uh, what, what, what criticism is really about. In this story, in this story, you find, you find Judas starting it, but the disciples falling right in there with them. Because if you go into other two Gospels that record this same story, uh, Judas started it, but they all helped him. Are you all with me? They all criticized what was going on. And let me give you three quick things about criticism I want to share with you here today. Number one, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be probably, uh, if, if God will let me, if he, don't, if, if, he, if he lets me forget it, then I'm not supposed to say it, but I'm, I'm going to probably be a lot more honest than what some of y'all are going to be comfortable with. But I need you to understand this truth because this will cripple a marriage, this will cripple a family, this will cripple a church. Are y'all with me? Criticism, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Criticism is a disguise. Criticism is a disguise. We want everybody to think, we want everybody to think, well, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to be a blessing. Now, there's a time and place for everything, but most criticism that takes place is not trying to help. It's simply a disguise to hide the true person. It's a disguise. How you know? Look in, verse, look in, in, in John 12. Look in John 12. The Bible says in verse number 4, Have you found your spot? Say amen. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Now God says in his word, God says in his word, This he said, not that he cared for the poor, not that he was a good Samaritan, not that he was a good minister, not that he loved poor people and helpless people, not that he wanted to be a blessing, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. Criticism is an attempt to hide what you really are. Now watch this. Not only, and, and I'm going to come back to that, so just write that down, uh, and I'm going to come back to that. Uh, if you're under, underneath that, underneath a disguise, criticism is a way that Judas hid his identity. Criticism is a disguise to hide his identity. But then, that was Judas. But what about the disciples? They, they were good guys. How many of y'all would agree the disciples were good guys? 
Most every one of them died for their faith. Amen? Just about all of them were martyred and killed for their faith. They gave their life for Christ. So they're not really in the same category of critic as Judas was. I mean, Judas was a devil. I mean, he was who he was. He was a thief. He was low down from the very beginning. He was who he was. But the disciples were not. They were good guys. They really were. They were good guys. So their criticism is a little bit different than Judas's. But it was still harmful. Are you all with me? Now, Judas criticized to hide his identity. But the, 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 the disciples criticized to hide their insecurity. Son, as quiet as a church mouse in here. To hide their insecurity. Or you could put inferiority. Here we are, these disciples who should have known everything about Jesus and, and followed him and adored him and loved him. Here they are sitting there worrying about who was going to be the greatest. And this woman comes in and starts loving on Jesus what they should have done, but they didn't. You know why a church that ain't growing will criticize the church that is growing? Because they're doing something that they ain't. And that's not good English. But you get my point. And, and if you want somebody to talk about you, have more, know more, or do more. You're going to have to do something else but sit on the couch and hope things get better to turn things around. Amen. So the disciples are different in their criticism than Judas was. Judas was trying to hide who he was. But the disciples were hiding their insecurity. And, and that, listen, boy, I'm trying to, I, I know where I want to go, but I got to slow down. Amen. I had a guy, I had, I, had, I had a situation in ministry. I had a situation in ministry before where, where some new ideas was, was proposed. Some new ideas was proposed and some, uh, uh, some new programs, if you will. Uh, just, let's just say the word ideas. There were some new ideas proposed about a situation, and this individual was very critical of it, was very critical of it. Uh, uh, and, and, and when it was all said and done, now that I can look back, now I can look back and, and see the, the picture. How many of y'all know when you're in the middle of the deal, you don't get the whole picture? But when you can look back, you can see what it was really about. This guy, it wasn't that the new ideas were bad. It wasn't that the new ideas were unbiblical. It, it wasn't that the new ideas didn't work because all of them did. We went from one service to three services. All right, y'all with me? They worked. What the problem was is if we changed to the new ideas, then this person wasn't going to get as much attention. And this person wasn't going to be such a big dog anymore, and they wouldn't get as much attention and notoriety. And when, when we talked, it was all, it wasn't, now what, I wonder what the will of God for the church is, or I wonder what's the best for the church. It was I, 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 I don't like that. I, you know what we criticize? You know what we criticize, ladies and gentlemen? What we don't prefer. We will call something wrong, and unbiblical and wicked just because we don't like it. Amen. Are y'all with me? 
I don't like that music. That's, that music's wrong. Why? Because I don't like it. I looked at uh, 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 Tyler, Tyler Berry come into church the other day, and he had a hat on. The, 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 the deck on that hat looked like the deck on an aircraft carrier. You could land helicopters on that hat. Say amen. I'm like, dude, what's that about, man? Huh? What, what has happened to style? Are y'all with me? Now, you know what? All the kids are wearing them that way. They look like a duck-billed platypus. Are y'all with me? You know why I criticize that? Because I don't prefer it. Is it wrong? Not a bit. Man, if he likes that and the chicks like it, roll on, Barry, roll on. Amen? Do y'all get my point now? But we'll call it biblical. We'll call it godly. We'll call it, yes, that's bad. Why? Just because you don't like it? Are y'all with me? Y'all still with me? Stay with me. It's going to get worse. Amen. Now, now he didn't, he criticized because he didn't like it. He criticized because she didn't do what he wanted her to do. Now, there, the disciples was a little different. They didn't criticize because they didn't do what they wanted. They criticized because they didn't understand what she was doing. See, we'll not only, we'll not only criticize things we don't prefer, but we'll criticize things we don't understand. We don't understand. These guys were good guys. I mean, they gave their lives for the ministry. They gave their lives for Christ. So it wasn't that they were bad. They just didn't understand what was going on. Let me prove it. Mary, she got it. Every time, every time you see Mary recorded in Scripture, she was at the feet of Jesus. She was at the feet of Jesus getting a blessing. The Bible says she sat at his feet and heard his word. She got a blessing. Then when Lazarus, her, her brother, died, she came and fell at his feet and begged him. She, she came and brought her burden to his feet. She received a blessing at his feet. She carried a burden to his feet. But now we see at his feet, we see at his feet, she's bringing a blessing. She is bringing her best. She is bringing everything she got. And I don't know if you know it, but the Bible says the hair of a woman is her glory. And she is washing his feet in submission, giving everything, giving all her glory unto Jesus. She's doing the very best and giving him the very best because she knows about the crucifixion. She knows about it. Because Jesus said, the reason that she is doing this is she's doing this unto my burial. The only one out of that whole group that understood Calvary was Mary. You know why? She spent time at his feet hearing his words when all the rest of them were arguing and fighting over who was going to be the greatest. If you're always fighting and arguing about what you want, what you care about, and your own desires, you're never going to understand the desires of Christ. And you're going to become a critical person. People don't understand why we have to do things. People don't understand why we dressed up the out, outside there painted the ceilings black. It's an effort to reach people. But you know what we'll do? We'll call it wrong simply because we don't understand it. Instead of criticizing what you don't understand, 
Why don't you try to spend more time trying to understand what you don't understand? And you may find that you like what you used to criticize now that you understand it. Woo! Are y'all with me? Man, I remember. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Uh, there's a pastor in town named Jerry Lawson. Jerry Lawson. He's a pastor at Daystar. A few years ago, we got stuck in a bad rut. Everything out here seemed okay. How many of y'all know that God will reveal to the shepherd before the sheep ever see it? We was in a rut. We was just in a bad way. Now, for a while, they started been growing. They'd been growing. Every time I was in town, I'd see them passing out free waters. I'd see them in ministering to people and helping people. And I'd hear about them. Everything I saw was Daystar loving the community, but everything I heard was how wicked and ungodly Daystar was. So guess what I did? I chimed in on what I heard. I remember when Doyle, Doyle came and, and they asked him to, to give him a price on painting some stuff in there, and he came back and they said, Preacher, you ain't going to believe this. I said, What? Now, everybody knows we like bad news, don't we? Son, if it's gossip, we'll quit everything we're doing. Tell us. I said, what? He said, they got, they got coffee in there for you. I said, no. I said, no. He said, yeah, huh? It's really a, a, a sure enough, real, I mean, it's one of them uh, uh, official kind. I mean, they got, they got a Starbucks in there for you, man. I said, I would never do that. <laughs> I tell you, what's wrong with people nowadays? I, they'll try to do anything to get people in church. The more I was critical, the less we grew. And the more I criticized what I didn't understand, you know what God did? He funneled me to a place in my life where I had to, can y'all keep a secret? Be careful who you criticize because you may need their help later. There's a man in the Bible in Judges chapter number 11 named Jephthah. His, his, his mama was a prostitute, so he was a bastard child, illegitimate. His half-brothers run him out and said, you're illegitimate. They called him all kind of names. They criticized him until one day they needed him. And they had to go back to him and say, please come help us. 
Dr. Brown preached a message one time the day the outlaw became the sheriff. Be, help, be, be careful who you criticize. Because one day you may need them. I didn't understand that stuff. Now let me help some of y'all in here today. Some of y'all wonder why I got this shirt on. I wore it on purpose. Y'all ought to know that by now. I wore this shirt for two reasons. Number one, my wife said I look hot. And with me, every little bit helps, amen? Number two, I wanted to see if you thought something negative when you saw it. Well, I don't understand why you ain't got a suit on. That's the point. You're going to criticize what you don't understand. I used to criticize people. If you don't wear a tie, you're, you're, you know, that, that's not right coming to the house of God. And that's not biblical. It's amazing what you learn when you start studying your Bible and stop listening to what they, who is they, by the way? I've always wondered who they was. Amen? Well, they say, but what does the Bible say? You see, we've gotten so warped in our theology and our way of thinking that we have totally shut out the world. If they can't be just like us, then we don't want them. Y'all with me? Where did all this dressing up come? And I'm not, I'm not, I like wearing ties. I do. I like wearing suits. I, I just, I, but the point is, if we say you have to, then you, you're wrong. And if you criticize somebody that don't, you're wrong. During the Industrial Revolution, how many of y'all, if you don't know history, let me, let me share with you just a little bit. Man, this is, I'm not going to have time for all this, but I've got I to share this. During the Industrial Revolution, before the Industrial Revolution, everything was agriculture in America. You either own the farm or you work for the farmer or the ranch owner. Y'all with me? You were either poor or you were rich. There was no in-between. During the Industrial Revolution, when factories began to come into being and come into design, uh, and by the way, where did everybody meet at least once a week where everybody saw everybody? Church. Poor people went with rich people because there was usually only one church in the community and everybody went together. But church or rich people looked like rich people and poor people looked like poor people because poor people couldn't afford the clothes the rich people had. Are y'all with me? During the Industrial Revolution, uh, when, when, when the poor people who worked for the farmers went and got jobs in the factories, they made a little bit more money. And, and they were not poor anymore. They were not rich, but they were not poor. And the only place that they all met together was at church. And in an effort to not look poor anymore, because they might not have been rich, but they didn't want you to think they was poor. So they started dressing like the rich folk. Not because they wanted to honor God. Not because they wanted to be a blessing and, and represent the Lord. Because they didn't want to look poor. And they wanted to distinguish themselves from a lower class of people in their mind. Now we all know when Jesus looks at them, they're all the same. But what has happened over the years, this has evolved to a point. I was told my whole life we wear the Best we can for Jesus. How many of y'all have heard that before? Find that in the Bible. Find it. 
Matter of fact, in one statement that God says about, about clothing, he said, not costly array. He said, be modest. Do you realize there where Jesus was? He was around. The Bible says the common people heard him gladly. You know what Jesus looked like when he walked the earth? Poor. Because he was a poor carpenter. Now, am I, am, am I against suits? No. I'm not against suits. I got several of them. I've got some that come with batteries. They should shine. I've got alligator shoes. Say amen. I like it. What I am against is a critical spirit to those who don't wear them. Y'all with me? We criticize what we don't prefer. We criticize what we don't understand. But be careful. Criticism is a disguise, but criticism is a desire. What did Judas desire? He desired control. He wanted control of what Mary had to offer. Y'all with me? He was a thief. He wanted that money. He wanted to say what, where, when, and how. It's funny to me. It's funny to me, and I'm going to put this on the Internet. I hope every independent Baptist in America listens to me. It's funny how we claim to be independent Baptists, but we're, we're so in a control freak mindset. If you have this, Pastor, we can't fellowship with you anymore. Or if you preach from this area, this subject, or you do this, or you don't dress like we do, or you don't think this is... If you have drums in your church, or if you sing too fast, or if you sing too loud, we just can't... Man, what you're trying to say is you want to control us. Criticism is not trying to help. It's trying to control. If you're not just like me, what am, what am I saying? I want you to be just like me. I want you to think just like me. I want you to like what I like. I want to control you. Preach it, Bishop. Preach it right there. Am I right? How many, how many times do we do that with our kids? I don't understand why they wear some of the stuff they wear. I don't even know if they got mirrors. Have y'all noticed them at the mall? Why do they do stuff like that? Man, come on. You know what I'm trying to do? I want you to be like me. I want you to like what I like. I want you to do what I do. It's not a desire to help. It's not a desire to enhance their life and to make them better. You want to control them. Amen? It's not only a desire for control. Write this down. It's a, try, it's a desire to convince. To con convince what? You're trying to convince others you're smarter than they are. Why would we put somebody else down? To make us look good. But remember this. The more dirt you throw, the more ground you lose. Mm-hmm. That's quotable, by the way. I need to see that on Facebook in a few hours. Keep throwing dirt, you keep losing ground. Amen. Have you ever noticed that people don't like other people to be successful? They're like the crabs in the bucket. If you get one crab in the bucket, he can climb out. But if you get two crabs in the bucket, he'll never get out because the other one will always pull him down. There's two things... There's two things that church people won't forgive you for. 
failure and success. Ain't we having fun this morning? Criticism is an attempt to be seen as someone who knows more by putting someone else down. What did he say? Why wasn't this given to the poor? Be careful when you hear somebody criticize a program or something because they can sound real spiritual. I got some folks in my mind right now, son. They can sound so spiritual. They can say, it can, I mean, they can just have it dripping off their lips and they're, they're just like Judas Iscariot. They don't care about the church. They don't care about the program. They don't care about the people in it. All they care about is their own desires and their own wishes. But boy, can they sound spiritual doing it. How many of y'all believe when he said that about the poor, it made him sound pretty spiritual? It made him sound spiritual enough that all the other disciples chimed in with him. Y'all with me? And remember this. All gold don't glitter, and everything that glitters ain't gold. Just because they sound spiritual don't mean they are. The devil can quote the Bible. I'm going to leave that one alone too. I feel carnality raising up in me. Number one, say it back to me. Criticism is a, it's a disguise. Number two, criticism is a, it's a desire. Number three, criticism is a danger. Why is it dangerous? Why is it dangerous? Because it's very contagious. One started it, but it spread out amongst all of them. Buchanan come back, he may have pink eyes, so y'all stay away from him. He wasn't drunk last night, I promise. He looked like it, but he wasn't. Got red eyes and everything. Come in my office, preacher, I think I got pink eyes. I said, whoa! Why? Help me. It's contagious. Keep your behind out my office, amen? You stay right over there. I don't want what you have. It's contagious. Guys, I'm telling you, if there's anything in this world that's contagious, it's criticism. You let one person holler at the ref about a call. Other ones, they was talking on their phone, looking this way. That's right! Am I right? We just ain't got enough time. It's amazing that people said they heard me say something. How you know? Well, you said such a. You heard me say no. So and so over there said you said. Such. Did you hear? No. Be careful what you repeat. You may have to eat it later. Amen. It's contagious. Don't get caught up with it. It's also very costly. It's also very costly. Jesus turned around to Judas and said, Leave her alone. Leave her alone. It ticked Judas off so bad, he went out and betrayed the Lord. And bust hell wide open. Because if you'll notice it, it was right after this 
that he went and betrayed the Lord. Be careful about criticizing what you don't prefer. Be careful about criticizing what you don't understand. Because it could be very costly to you. There's people that want to be at Temple right now. They want to be at Temple right now, but because of criticism from other people, they left, they fell in right in with that, with that contagious spirit, and they left, and they're miserable at the church they're at now. And they wish to God they'd be back here. But pride's holding them back. But all that came from criticism. You can lose some good friends because of criticism. Criticism will cost you. You know, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that God made me go ask Jerry for help. Because he's been the best friend to me a pastor could have. He's not even of our persuasion. Me and, me and him disagree on several things. But we don't allow the two things we disagree on to keep us from rejoicing in the 150 things we do. And they've been the greatest blessing to our church. I said, son, you're going to have to explain that coffee thing to me. He said, well, he said, new people that come to church, they're very nervous. And sometimes a 250-pound man can hide behind an 8-ounce glass of coffee. And it just helps them feel at home. So we give away free coffee. I thought, that's a cool idea. You know what I did? I understood it then. Some of y'all don't understand why we got coffee out there. It's not to keep you awake. It's to help our first-time attenders feel at home. And by the way, it's free. It's free. There's some other stuff up there that, that you have to pay for, but we don't make anything on it. It just turns right back in to, to help take care of it. And by the way, we go in the hole. Just if you're curious, we're not making no money. We go in the hole because we give away so much free coffee away. It doesn't, it doesn't pay for itself except in the fact that we make people feel at home. I don't like coffee in the church. Don't drink none. Man, that's simple, ain't it? What a revolutionary idea. I don't I gotta look at it. Come in the back way. There's an answer to every problem. Honestly, guys, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Is it really that big a deal? <laughs> it's your sure ain't. Some people think we're going to hell because we've got a cage in the church. <laughs> Zach, keep making them faces. We're going to tent it dark, eh, man? We ain't going to tent. Is it, isn't criticism really silly? It's just a disguise. Don't get caught up with it. 
Try to put yourself in their shoes, and, and then it might help you understand a little better. It's amazing what happens when you make a little bit of effort to see something through somebody else's eyes. Some of y'all have been here long enough, you figured out, I, I'm not here to babysit you. And I'm not a keeper of the aquarium. I'm a fisher of men. And if, and if the Mormons come up with an idea that will help me get people to Jesus, I said it, Mormon. I'm going to buy Kendrick a bicycle and buy him black pants and a white shirt. Y'all do know I can't say this to the other two services, right? You know what I mean? Do y'all get the point? No, let me clarify that because somebody's going to go out and say, I said we're going to Mormonism. <laughs> An idea to get the gospel out is a good idea no matter who said it. Man, I need about another hour. I got so much I want to tell y'all. We may have to do part two on Father's Day. Amen. I, let's don't be critical. Nothing good comes out of criticism. You know what would have happened? Here's good criticism. If I'd have went to Brother Jerry and said, you know, Brother Doyle came over and he said, y'all got a date or, or, or what does that call A Starbucks in y'all's for you. Now, now, really? And he could explain to me right then what the deal was. And I said, oh. But no, I had to go over to Kendra and say, Ken, you ain't going to believe what them people got in that building over there. I'm confessing to y'all. Did that help anything? Except it gave us a bad attitude about what good people were trying to do to reach people. And guess what? Brother Jerry knows all this stuff. I confessed it over Waffle House. I told him with tears in my eye, I'm sorry. Because I criticized what I didn't understand. I'm telling you, the people you may be criticizing right now may be the greatest friends you'll ever know in your whole lifetime. But you'll never know it until you stop being critical about what you don't understand. Church, amen. Father, help us in Jesus' name.